Okay, but have you ever stolen anything off of a cart in in a hotel? Not a cart, no. No? No. Have, we, I, have you? No, I think, well, I think I needed some extra, like, shampoo or, like, an extra towel. So I'd kind of, like, peek out and see if they were on my floor. I think I actually usually ask. I don't think I've ever <laughs> stolen it. <laughs> Excuse me, can I steal this here? And they're like, yeah. Yeah, obviously. and then they say yes. So it's not really stealing, but you it's know. It's not stealing at all. <laughs> Welcome to the Romcom Rewind Podcast. Hi, I'm Sarah. And I'm Devin. And I love rewatching movies over and over again. And I love romantic comics. So this is a show where we rewatch rom-coms, break them down a bit for you, maybe take a peek behind the curtain, dig beneath the surface, and decide. Does it still hold up? Today we have Made in Manhattan. And before we get started, make sure you follow us on Instagram at Romcom Rewind. As well, we are now on Apple Podcasts. So if you get your uh, podcast from iTunes, please follow us there, uh, share a review, and Spotify. So, Made in Manhattan, directed by Wayne Wang. This is the story of Marissa Ventura, played by Jennifer Lopez. She works at the uh, Beresford Hotel in the heart of Manhattan. As you guessed it, she's a maid there, a maid working in Manhattan. She's a single mother. Uh, Her son is named Ty. We learn very early on that Ty is very sharp, struggles with some self-confidence, though, and his father is seemingly completely out of the picture. He's kind of absent. Enter Chris Marshall, played by Ray Fiennes. He's a high-profile politician running for senator in New York. Uh, he's using a room in the Beresford. It's kind of like a working office while he does a few things in New York. And there ends up being a series of odd events where he meets Marissa Ventura and her son, Ty. He doesn't know that she's a maid. She doesn't let on that she's a maid. In fact, she kind of lets on that she's his level of wealth, more or less. They go on a, a date in Central Park, seemingly fall in love. But there's the issue. He thinks she's someone else. In fact, she gave him a completely different name. He has no idea. She is a maid in Manhattan, and therein (laughs) lies the conflict. So I've always loved this movie. I really like how it focuses on her, her life. There's not a ton of other side stories happening during the movie. It's really um, focusing on their story. It kind of reminds me of a modern-day Cinderella story. Mm, um, they okay. come from completely different worlds, and um, but somehow make it work. I uh, I like that you brought up the J Lo thing because it struck me very early on. The first nine minute sprawl is just Jennifer Lopez with her son Ty going through the process of like really like building that connection. We go nine minutes before anybody aside from those two are even really on the screen. Like it, it's and even thirty minutes before anything significant happens with another character 30 minutes in is when ty and chris marshall meet wow that's like it seems so long it's like all j-lo and i i really don't mind it because you're right with so many other romantic comedies there's like the main romantic comedy and then there's the side romance yeah where it's like you know a side character needs to get or three the sister's cousin or whatever yeah Yeah. would they be related then wow that was weird (laughs) the best friend's sister's cousin Oh, man. <laughs> you know what I'm trying to get at. There's yeah. a side love story, but this was all J-Lo. It, in fact, it was barely even the other two. It, I'd put it like 90% J-Lo, 5% that kid, 4% Ray Fiennes, and like 1% all the other side characters. I mean, the son is why they meet in the first place, right? And he is He's also, in the elevator. He is the biggest wingman oh, yeah. of life. <laughs> Big time. Like, he... <laughs> I like to think Ty 
grew up and ended up on Jersey Shore because he could really, like, Mike the Situation Sorrentino could really use a guy like that. Oh, my God. No, he's way too, the kid is way too smart. I think, like, oh, in the in the movie, adorable. she's reading a book on having a gifted kid. Yeah, I so, think like, you're he's exactly very, right. very smart. Oh, he's extremely smart. But let, let's not discount the fact that he worked hard to get Chris Marshall laid here. He did. He was definitely in <laughs> his corner. <laughs> he was very successful at that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, so my thoughts are that it's just... It was a little bit refreshing to have a movie that was so singularly focused where you could really dive deeply into this character of Marissa Ventura and see a lot of better life instead of, you know, darting between a couple of different stories and kind of, you know, having to focus on a few different things. The paperclip scene was really cute. I really liked oh, that. Yeah. And so Ty, her son, is at school and is doing a speech and goes up there and gets too nervous, can't finish his speech. He runs off stage, you know, have, has a fear of public speaking, essentially. Yeah. And uh, Chris Marshall, a little ways down the road in the movie, Ty meets Chris Marshall in the elevator. And um, then they eventually end up talking about public speaking on their walk in the park. And Chris Marshall says that he uses a paperclip. He keeps a paperclip in his hand during all of his speeches. It ends up helping him. And it's really, really cute. And I actually use this. Wait, when you public speak, yes. you use Christopher Marshall's... Yes, so I saw it in this movie. Wait, it's actually <laughs> from the movie that you yes. do this. That's yes. bizarre. Yes, and so it's actually helped me a ton. Oh like, legit, because like, if I, I keep my hands busy during my presentations or when I'm public speaking. Are and you conscious of that? That you're like, I'm going to touch yeah, something like, in my pocket. Like if I'm going into like a meeting and I, and I know I have to present, like I'll grab like a paper clip or something and I'll keep it in my hands. If I'm sitting, then I can just like fidget with it underneath the desk and I can just like keep moving it in my hands while I'm going through my, my speech or my, or my presentation. It's legit helped me. We, um, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. We You're need, stunned. We need to do a flashback here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna add this clip in in post because uh, if you didn't listen to our hitch episode, I had a similar comment. But we are wildly different people because my <laughs> comment was that um, I I basically learned my dance moves from Will Smith and Hitch. Like that sat deep with me, and I actually followed. Will Smith's advice in this movie for years. Stop it. Where he's like, all you got to do is just got to bop. You just got to sway. Oh, my Don't God. like, <laughs> you are an iceberg. 90% of you is beneath the surface, right? <laughs> so for context, <laughs> you gained public speaking advice from a rom-com. <laughs> yes. I gained dancing advice from a rom-com. Yeah, we're quite the pair. Wildly different. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> Um, that scene's actually one of my honorable mentions, though. Oh, okay, like, cool. Like, if, if you ever want to get an audience, hurt them in their heart, you put a kid on stage and have him bomb and have everybody in the audience laugh. Well, not everybody, but, like, his fellow students laugh at him. I felt so bad for Ty in that scene. I know, me too. And you see Marissa Ventura come in as this amazing mom, you know, comfort him. Um, I also like that she's like, we're going to do it again, right? And he's like, no. And you can tell that she's like, no, we're going to do it again kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, it's going to happen. good. You got to push him a little bit, but you also have to be you have to be loving and understanding and empathetic. And yeah, I, that's one of my favorite scenes because I thought it really showed what an amazing mother she was mm -hmm. and what uh, a special relationship they had. Yeah, they're very close. This movie, 
is a great example of how bizarre life would be if you were working in a hotel and all the weird shit you would see because <laughs> the things we see in this movie um, are those 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 French bitches who are stealing everything. Okay, but have you ever stolen anything off of a cart in in a hotel? Not a cart, no. No? No. Have, we, I, have you? No, I think, well, I think I needed some extra like shampoo or like an extra towel so I'd kind of like peek out and see if they were on my floor. I think I actually usually ask. I don't think I've ever <laughs> stolen it. <laughs> <laughs> excuse me can i steal this here and they're like yeah, yeah and obviously. then they say yes so it's not really stealing but you it's know. not stealing at all <laughs> okay i ask okay that is the God. opposite of stealing that's so you too <laughs> like there could be like literally nobody around you'd be like excuse me no answer can i i'm just gonna take this if that's okay <laughs> At least I'd ask. So we we got the the French ladies stealing everything. Yeah, they're naked great. men. There were three uh, penis interactions. I'll call them oh, in the yeah. first fifteen minutes. I forgot about that. There was the guy who hilarious. He goes outside his room to grab something, and his wife locks him out <laughs> naked. Yeah, that's the first penis, and that's I love how it's the security guard and Marissa Ventura just laughing at this moron, like They're watching. <laughs> Look at this naked guy over here. <laughs> that would be me if I worked in a hotel. Floor eighteen. Um, so there was that guy. There was the guy who purposely was naked in front of the maids. Which, oh yes. In retrospect, that's. That's and, harassment. And that, they, you can't what, do that. And what did they say? Like, um, oh, nothing to see here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They made a joke that his dick was kind of small. <laughs> and then I'm, I'm counting the uh, the Charles Marshall dick sighting, which wasn't really one when he was about to take a pee and Marissa Ventura was like cleaning Chris up Marshall? the washroom. Oh, who did I say? Charles Marshall. Charles. Mar- I don't know who Charles Marshall, is. Charles Marshall. Charles Marshall. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to count that one because... Um, I mean, she probably kind of saw it, right? She probably saw a little bit. I think she saw more than he saw her, right? That's kind of what she says in the end of the movie where she's like, I was in your room. I did I did see you and you didn't see me. Wait, was she making a penis joke there? No, she wasn't making a oh, penis joke. I thought that's what we were talking about. <laughs> no. Well, <laughs> she, was in the, she was in the bathroom yeah. with him. Do you think she was talking about his no. Pacage? No, no, I don't okay, think she was okay. talking about his right. pacage at all. We're really bogged down on the, <laughs> on the penis thing. I'm sorry I brought it up. <laughs> um, another thing I'd say is Chris Marshall was definitely taking some swings in this movie. Yes. So this is how the first moment goes down. She's in like the penthouse suite or whatever. She's in Caroline Lane's room pretending to be Caroline Lane. And Ty comes up like, hey, this is my mom. And Chris Marshall right away is like, oh, why don't you come to the park with us? If your husband doesn't mind. <laughs> oh! Oh, hello, Chris Marshall. Wow. Within the first five seconds of meeting somebody, you're... He, he likes her. Oh, yeah. Okay, and then in the park, yeah. when she's sitting on the bench and she goes down to sit oh, on it and she's man, like, oh, my funny. God, I almost sat on your face. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the delivery of that whole scene... I was dying. ...was like... Oh my god. It was funny, but it was like uncomfortable. It was. <laughs> and then okay, but then she then they get up to continue walking and it's, the magazine is stuck to her butt. It actually she is on his face, actually. <laughs> yeah. And, and then, then he tries to get her and she's like, What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, um you uh and then her son comes back and goes, Mom, the magazine's stuck to your butt. <laughs> okay, I've got a question though. Okay. The Central Park scene. Mm-hmm. 
I didn't get the impression that she was as into him as he was into her. I think because she was still on shift that she was trying to like right. hide from everyone, making sure because in that area, there's probably a lot of people, a lot of guests who either have stayed there or are staying there and people who work there. So she's probably trying to like keep a low profile. Yeah. I, I, my thing is that like if I went on a first date with somebody like that. Yeah. There probably did, wouldn't be a second. There a hundred percent wouldn't be a second. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I just didn't feel that that would be my only critique with this movie is that Jennifer Lopez's character basically until they banged, I was never like, ah. So she was always like hesitant. Yeah, she was always a little too hesitant in my mind. But I will say the kid gets attached real fast because (laughs) they go on a walk in the park and then suddenly at the end of the movie, I think once the story gets out about her being a maid and he finds out and they kind of like split I guess or whatever they stop talking Ty will go to his mom and be like do you think he misses us and I'm like all from one date like my god he's helped you with your public speaking but like yeah yeah that's true it gets connected pretty quick yeah I think this brought us back to a world where it was still okay to sleep with a, a mate or a nanny now huge faux pas like think before this movie came out or mm-hmm. after this movie came out, I should say. Okay. Guys who have been caught cheating with the nanny or maid. Okay, who? Ben Affleck. Okay. Yeah, Jennifer Garner. Wow, Gone. that's okay. Jude Law, who I love, actually. I I'm didn't really even know sad. that. Yeah. Ethan Hawke. Really? I think the, the Jude Law and Ethan Hawke are allegedly. Okay. Arnold Schwarzenegger, that was very well known, that him and the housekeeper. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I maybe this movie that. was onto something because within 10 years of it coming out, <laughs> all these friggin' idiot guys got caught banging the maid or the nanny. Yeah. Maybe it almost set the tone where they're like, hey, the maid, what an idea. It's like it's like the milkman, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, except guys are clearly better at getting caught. I guess Because we so. have all these stories. <laughs> uh, any other thoughts? The workout scene. So there was a ton happening. I don't know if you remember it. The trainer is trying to get them to work out. Caroline, so this has to do with Caroline Lane and her friend. So Caroline Lane is played by Natasha Richardson, who is Liam Neeson's um, wife. Oh, okay. I didn't realize that. Yeah, yeah. Well, late late wife, I should say. Um, So, yeah, the trainer is trying to get them to work out. She's bitching to her friend about her ex-boyfriend. And then the butler's coming in and asking her if she has an answer to the lunch date that Chris Marshall invited her to. Obviously, it's not Natasha Richardson's Caroline Lane. It's J-Lo's Caroline Lane because she gave a fake name. Completely different Caroline Lanes, yeah. Yeah, and then, of course, her saying yes and getting up and getting ready and whatever and showing up to the lunch date. Yes. Yeah, and then um, this is where... Chris Marshall learns that Caroline isn't really Caroline. Oh, I've got some thoughts about this. Okay, the look on Chris Marshall's face is absolutely priceless. Like, what would you do if that happened to you? Great question. Okay. I actually have some thoughts on <laughs> okay, it. Okay, awesome. Kay. So, <laughs> scenario. Me. You meet a girl, and you're like, wow, I like this girl. You invite her over for lunch, which is what happened. A woman who is not that person, a British <laughs> lady, walks in and is just completely like, like she's supposed to be there. I, yeah. I really like that about Caroline Lane's character. She just walks in almost mid-conversation with him. Like, we were just talking five minutes ago. Yeah. Just, like, where they left off. I think they had met, like, once before at, like, some random person's yeah. party or something. Yeah. And he's like, who the <laughs> fuck is this lady? <laughs> so, here are my thoughts. What do you do? Option one, you go through with the lunch date, right? Of course. Boring. It's what Chris Marshall did. I don't like it. You, you think ha- that's you'd okay? You'd have to. What would you do? Oh, okay. Option two, you just hit it 
and quit it. But oh my God. There's a, I know, it, it's an aggressive move, <laughs> but there's an asterisk here. You do it not great. Like, just have some very, very subpar sex and almost push her away. Make her realize, you know what, Chris Marshall, not always cracked up to be. That keeps you completely open to pursue your relationship with Marissa. Although he doesn't know that who Marissa is, really, but... Those are the only options? Nope. Option oh, three. Okay, okay. Jerry Siegel. Yes. Stanley Tucci's character. Totally. Amazing. He I is. love him in this movie. Me too. We could have used that guy to his full potential in this moment. Oh, yeah. He, I actually think he should have been in the movie more. Okay. He's a great side character. Stanley yeah. Tucci is great at, like, if you want to give him, like, 20 minutes of screen time mm-hmm. and just do something amazing with it, he's so good. Like, I don't know if he could carry a movie by himself, yeah. but as, like, that second or third character. Yeah, he was amazing in Hunger Games. Yeah. Yeah. So he is this singularly focused campaign manager who is just, like, you do whatever it takes to win kind of style. I think if Christopher Marshall... Walked up to Jason Siegel and was like, listen, man, <laughs> this you need to hurt. get that lady out of New York City for 48 hours. <laughs> I think he'd come up with something. I think he I would. think she would end up on the wrong bus, <laughs> the wrong cab. She'd end up in New Jersey or something. And I've never lived in New York City, but from what I hear from people in New York City, it takes you like at least 48 hours to get <laughs> oh from New God. Jersey to New York City. So then you're good. <laughs> She's gone. I think Jason Siegel could have really helped out in this moment. I think he would have uh, would have taken one for the team for sure and, yeah. and brought her somewhere where she wouldn't have been able to figure out how to get back. Yeah. He would have gotten rid of her. Not <laughs> yeah. in like a murder way, but no, just like no. she would have been out of the picture. Totally. Yeah. yeah. For at least the weekend. <laughs> yeah. At least the weekend. <laughs> yeah. Give me 48 hours. You'd like, be, you know what? I can give you 48 hours. Sure. Oh. I can do it. <laughs> Um, okay, so her friends in the movie are so great. Like, they help her so much throughout the movie. They go as far as, like, risking their own jobs for her. That's what I really liked about it. Was, to your point earlier, that they were able to develop some of the characters really well throughout the movie because there was only one focus to the movie was this one storyline. Right. Um, so, you know, she's really loved by all of her coworkers and friends. And her friend, um, the butler, even quits when she gets fired. That scene was kind of funny to me. How, like, they treated you badly, so I'm going to quit. I know. You, you like, looked over really? at me and you were like, is he leaving? Did he, <laughs> did he actually quit? And I was like, yeah, he, he leaves. This is, his, this is his last scene. Like, this is it. And then he walks down the hallway <laughs> just like... That is- that's it. Like a fucking badass. Like he's just <laughs> yeah. peacing out. I'm out of here. <laughs> Doesn't even tell anybody. He just gives his card to the dude. I will say though, Lionel is his name. He gave the strangest movie ultimatum. Because so he realizes Marissa Ventura yeah, you're right. is kind this. of um like her and Chris Marshall have a thing going on. Mm-hmm. She is trying to become a manager and he says to her, he's like, listen, he invited you to the Met Gala. You're going to go to the Met Gala. And you're like, oh, wow, Lionel's so nice. He's like, you're going to break up with him at the Met Gala. I'm like, oh, <laughs> okay. And then he says, until you become a manager. Yeah. How does that logic make sense? <laughs> break up with him for six months and then, then revisit this. To, thing. You can back to get. Yeah, that doesn't make sense. Together. Yeah, totally. <laughs> also, I, like, I do agree. Her friends are great, but I'm going to give them a B minus in that situation too. Because if you remember how it goes down. She explains to them, she's like, I need to break up with them. Yeah. If I want to become a manager. And, and all, all of them say, it. yeah, break up with them. Mm-hmm. You got to become a manager. Don't go going after that dick. If you have a chance to like get a guy with all that money, you go for it, right? 100%. Are you just dating him for the money? If there was a woman 
that I could date who was really, really rich, I, I'd take a swing at it. You know, wow. just just see. Okay. So you could be a hotel Gold manager. Digger. You could be a hotel manager, or you could, or you could marry Serena Williams. I'd be like, well, I'll just take a swing at it, anyways, just to see what happens. You never know. Oh my god! Right? Um, Is that horrible? Well, like I said, a gold digger. Um, so <laughs> going back to the whole Cinderella thing, um, I mean, I guess you could say that Caroline plays the role of the jealous stepsister. Yes. Yeah, because yeah, like 100%. she, she totally goes after Marissa after she sees the necklace, because that's kind of the cue, right? That's the glass slipper. The glass slipper is the necklace. Did you read this somewhere, or did you just come up with that? I came up with it. Wow, that's hey, that's pretty good. I like it. I mean, I mean, I'm sure it's probably somewhere in some article, someplace. <laughs> But no, no, that was all you. You got it first. <laughs> <laughs> but I was totally rooting for Marissa the entire time throughout the movie, and I loved this movie because of that. I just wish she liked Chris Marshall a little bit more. <laughs> Maybe their chemistry just wasn't there. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. Rafe Fines. Maybe it's because his name is spelt Ralph, but he makes people <laughs> pronounce it Rafe. <laughs> like Anna Ferris. Honestly, I didn't realize that until you told me that. <laughs> <laughs> Completely kills the mood, Rafe. <laughs> Quick facts. So when this movie came out, J-Lo was 32 and Rafe was 39. And that makes sense. He does seem like a little bit older than her. Yeah, yeah, he does. I mean, I didn't think he was that old, but I also didn't think she was that old either. I don't know. I don't know why I thought she was a little bit younger. Really? No, I would have put her early 30s because like think of how old Ty is, right? Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, So the film is actually loosely based on a true story. Oh, what? Yeah. So in 1959, Stephen Clark Rockefeller, son of New York Governor Nelson Rockefeller, married Anne Marie Rasmussen, a maid who had worked at his family's Manhattan Hotel. Wow. Mm -hmm. 1959. Wow. They were really... They went digging for this story. Yes, I like it. Yes, they did. So um, John Hughes, who was originally supposed to direct the movie... What? Yes. He also wrote the screenplay oh. and originally called it The Chambermaid, which I'm really happy they oh, didn't yeah, go the with chamber- that. Wow, The Chambermaid sounds horrible. Right? Would it um, have been medieval? I feel like Chambermaid, you just assume it's... So it was, like I said, loosely based off of a true story, but the screenplay that John Hughes wrote was um, a story from the 1920s. Okay. So even further back. Wow. Um, but for his screenplay, he originally had Hilary Swank as the lead for the movie. Yeah, I could see it. How old would Hilary Swank have been back then? I don't know. Pretty young. Yeah. yeah. Younger than J-Lo. Yeah, yeah. And then so by 2001, Hillary was out. J-Lo was in. New director. With the new director came a new screenplay written by Kevin Wade, which updated the story of the chambermaid from the 1920s Thank up God. to kind of present days. Thank God. Yes, because I think it wouldn't have been as successful of a rom-com as it, as it was. I completely agree. And I, I like Hilary Swank, but I think J-Lo was kind of the perfect uh, person at the perfect Agreed. time, too. She was really peaking. Yeah. Around this oh, movie. yeah. Around that this time, she had uh, so many other rom-coms come out and like they were all very successful. Well, the Wedding Planner, I think, was 01 and this was 02, yeah. right? So. Yeah, yeah. Bang, bang. Um, so I guess to kind of keep with the vintage vibe, though, the pink gown that J-Lo wears in the movie to the gala is actually a vintage dress from the 1950s. Really? Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I have that as my best scene. And one of my comments would be, she is timeless, yeah. beautiful. You know what I mean? It's like she could wear that today and it would still be like, wow, that's stunning. Yeah, it would definitely be as beautiful as so it that, was. That makes sense. It was from the 1950s? Yeah, 1950s, wow. yeah. 
vintage gown. Um, okay, so guess who was also interested in playing the lead? Let me think about this. Kay. 2002. Mm-hmm. Not Julia Roberts, because it's too similar to a pretty woman, I feel. I'm going to give you a solid, not Sandra Bullock. Yes. What? Oh! She was, yes. She was interested in playing the role. Okay. At one point. And, and I'll give the other one Ava Mendez. Okay, Julia Roberts. Oh, it was Julia Roberts. Yes, but she turned it down oh. early on. Okay. So she read the she read the screenplay. I'm not sure if it was the chambermaid or if it was the mm. newer version. I don't know if it's the chambermaid, but she did change it. She did low key kind of turn it down. But her sister is in the movie. But Julia Roberts' sister is. She's in the movie. actually in most movies that Julia Roberts plays in. But um, she I had no she's idea also in this one. This. I know Julia she, Roberts she just has... hides her sister and shit. <laughs> Like, Can stand here in the background? Dude, is that what it is? Because <laughs> yeah, she does play like a low key side role, kind of. Oh my god, yeah. that's so funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So there's a telenovela based on the movie that came out in 2011. A telenovela. Yes, there is a telenovela, and <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> Rafe Fines uh, played. Did you know that he played this role? He who shall not be named. Lord Voldemort. Yes. Oh yes, he did. Tom Riddle. It's wow, that's a hard one because his nose is basically non-existent. Well, in yeah, the movies, and so. I mean, he must have so many prosthetics on his face yeah. that you'd never know. I actually didn't know that until I read that. Actually, you know what? I think they they did it all in post because you watch some like oh, some of really? the shoots. Well, I mean, in the shoots, he's got like his actual nose because clearly you can't <laughs> remove a nose. I just realized how <laughs> stupid that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to do the nose oh, mo- removal. But there's like a famous behind the scenes picture that somebody took of like Dumbledore and Voldemort just like laughing hysterically <laughs> at like a joke somebody made. And he had his nose? Vicious. And he had his nose oh, because good, you can't good. remove a nose. I- no, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, so in the original movie posters for the movie, uh, J-Lo's character is holding a Swiffer in her hand oh that's a little bit too spot on i feel yeah so uh when the movie was released on dvd though the uh swiffer duster had been removed due to copyright oh because it was a swiffer i thought that was crazy i mean i feel like you'd you'd buy the rights to do the poster and then you'd continue on with that during the dvd process too right it's a good question i mean i know like some tv shows that copyright music for it Okay. They only copyright it for a certain amount of time. Oh, so okay. Like, Maybe by the time it was released, they didn't right. have it anymore. Interesting. So like, for example, WKRP in Cincinnati, when it originally <laughs> aired, it had <laughs> yeah. actual music. But then now that like, like when the DVDs came out, they couldn't, they had to redub no. the music because they didn't have the rights to it anymore. What? Yeah. That's crazy. So like, if you listen to any of the new WKRP in Cincinnati stuff, it's yeah. all just like random music that you're like, what the <laughs> f*** was that? And he's like, that was uh, Fleetwood Mac. And you're like, that was not Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> That's so strange. <laughs> oh, man. Um, so the singer at the ball uh, is Glenn Lewis, and he's actually Canadian. Oh, he's, at the Met Gala. Yeah, he's the singer. I kind of liked it. He had, he had a swagger. Yeah, Glenn totally. Lewis. I don't remember him releasing anything. I don't think he did. Oh, I will be honest. Glenn. I think he like starred on a few uh, late night shows, did a few talk shows and stuff. As a guest, and then, um, and yeah. made in Manhattan, mm-hmm. clearly. Yep. Uh, Tyler Posey, who plays um, J-Lo's son in the movie, yeah. he goes on to be on the hit MTV series Teen Wolf. Oh, interesting. From 2011 to 2017. And I have to say, it's a really good movie. Kind of cheesy, but really, really good. And kind of scary. Although I find a you're, lot of things No, scary. your level of scary is like, I know. A, not even a two. It's, it's a embarrassing. One. That's such a weird... <laughs> Career trajectory. Has he done anything else? Um, so he did. Oh, he was in Jane the Virgin for a bit after oh my God. after Teen Wolf. 
A few little things here and there on a few TV shows. Oh, he was in Marvel Rising, which was a TV mini series short. Fast and Furious Spy Racers, which is a TV series. That was his newest one. That sounds horrible. Yeah, um, as a voice. Was it like animated, I'm I assuming? I believe it is. Okay. Tony Toretto. Tony Toretto? Yeah. Is that not like the main guy's son? Isn't Vin Diesel Toretto? I have absolutely no idea. I've only seen three of them. I've seen... Up to Tokyo Drift. Oh, I think I've seen three. Yo, Tokyo Drift was good shit. I know. I liked it. Tokyo Drift. <laughs> like, number one, of course. Tokyo Drift. Yeah. And I haven't seen them past that, well, Once so they, know. Once uh, Dwayne Johnson got involved and it became more oh, of like so cheesy action movie yeah, than like just like racing cars. Yeah. When the submarine comes out of the ice, that's when I'm like, that is not about cars anymore. <laughs> okay. So do you want to go to best scenes? Yeah, Sure. Obviously, I talked about my best scene a little bit, but the Met Gala, Chris Marshall, Marissa Ventura, when he sees her, though, because like he sees her, everybody else seemingly sees her. You know those scenes where everybody's like, oh, yeah, everybody turns and looks yes. as they're walking down the stairs and you're like, oh, my God, she's beautiful. She's so pretty. Yeah. Um, but it's it's more the lines for this. So Marissa walks up to him oh, yeah, this and is she good. says, I just came here to tell you this can't go anywhere after tonight. I'm sorry, but it just can't. And Chris Marshall, he eyes her up and down. Like, his eyes flick <laughs> up and down her dress. He was checking her the f*** out. And he says, then you should have worn a different dress. Boom. Boom. Wow. Yeah. That is one of the, I mean, is it's an extremely cocky line. Totally. So much confidence. <laughs> but at time. the same time, it's like, it's well-placed. You yeah. know, you, you can only use a line like that in certain scenarios. And he picked his moment and he went for it. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh, he did it. Because <laughs> if you say that at the wrong moment to the wrong person, completely falls flat. Totally. But just the way it was set up, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. Chris Marshall. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah. Um, so mine is actually just before that when she's getting ready. Oh, I actually hated that. Why? Well, give your part first. Okay, so I love I love that scene because the music is fun. All her friends in the other departments from the hotel are helping her get ready. I don't know. I just thought it was like so, so much fun. Like I was bopping and dancing. Oh my God. I love getting ready to go somewhere special and like getting all dolled up and... You know, she got to wear a Harry Winston wreath necklace, 195 pair and marquise shaped diamonds, totaling 136 carats. That's some quick math. It was beautiful. I um, I have a love-hate relationship with rom-com cliches. Oh, but I love them. And when everybody's getting ready and right. the music comes on and everybody's dancing. So, I love it. So let's go through it. We have uh, the glamping montage, trying on a dress, putting on jewelry. Love it. A very quick dance sequence with just the girls. Totes. Uh, other cliches that we have in this movie, we have people from two different worlds yeah. colliding. Mm -hmm. You know what a fun drinking game is? Drink every time somebody brings up the fact that he's a Republican. Oh, yes. And I feel like they really had to hammer home, like, that guy's a Republican. <laughs> um, and then the fact that he goes to such wild lengths to find the love interest when he's like trying to figure out who... And somebody else shows up for lunch. <laughs> this other Car <laughs> British Caroline Lane shows up. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, that was the only part where I kind of zoned out a little bit. I'm like, oh, here come, here really? come all the cliches. Let's let's get them all oh, done in like. But that's what makes them rom coms. Oh god, yeah, you're right. That's why I can watch them over and over again because they're so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> I I already kind of mentioned my first honorable mention. Ty, okay, is the greatest wingman. Yes. 
I mean, not in any rom-com movie, but I actually wrote down a few places he should have ended up because he tried so hard to get Chris Marshall laid. A little bit uncomfortable <laughs> that it's to his mother. Yeah, I was going to Not going to really dive into so that. so awkward. That's odd. But still, like, he, he hunts this guy down at a press conference in New York City, asks him a question about forgiveness. So he basically cute. asks his mother's forgiveness for for her. And guess what he has in his hands? A, a paper, paper clip. clip. It's adorable. I know. Then he's like, come on, let's go get you laid, Chris. And he brings him to <laughs> his mother. Oh my God. So I'm like, this kid, this kid, if you put him in a room with Owen Wilson and Vince Vaughn and get them to go wedding crashing, they will have a 100%, 100% success, success rate. rate. Yeah, they, they'd be amazing. And I already mentioned Mike the Situation Sorrentino from Jersey Shore, DJ Polly D. He totally, I mean, he wouldn't fit in, but they'd love him because he would just, Wingman for them. He'd wingman so well. It's true. My honorable mention is Caroline Lane, Natasha Richardson. Really? Yeah. I thought, just thought she was so funny. Like, desperate as all hell. Oh, so desperate. Oh my God. But it was entertaining. (laughs) Like, she kind of made the movie, I guess, more entertaining. When they were having the lunch meeting, like, I think he could have been like, all right, you just want to bang this out? She'd be like, yes, let's do it, please. Very, very, yeah. She wanted some. She totally did. Yeah. Um, my other honorable mention is, as we talked about before, Stanley Tucci. Yes, Jason, I Jason, like oh, sorry, Jerry Siegel. Yeah. He's a mood. Like, he is the perfect- He is a mood. That's a, that's a really good descriptor for him. He is a mood. He's a mood. He's the yeah, frantic- I like that. Uh, distrusting, eccentric campaign- manager like i feel like when you watch the show veep you're like wow there are so many jerry siegels around here they're all just like <laughs> they're they're stressed about something and they're upset and they're like what are you doing over there like you should be over there like who's taking pictures of that who is that guy i think you know? they're i think veep is in a league of their own <laughs> but jerry siegel could he, fit in he there could, easily. yes yeah. oh they should have cast him for that show he's yeah he was brilliant in it i thought you know he what could have been potus he, he could have been potus yeah <laughs> Um, he, you're right in that. I feel like he falls into a similar category of Caroline Lane of just like, we need a little bit of comic relief here. We need a fun, yeah. interesting character. And like really, up. really, really good side characters. Cause first off, they're really, really great actors to begin with. And they can, they can hold their own as side characters very strongly. Yeah. So you, okay. So you have JLo and you have, um, Rafe as the side as the main characters and then you have these two really really strong characters on the side that provide the entertainment that's needed for kind of the side stories but not real side stories and it moves the movie along it helps move the movie along because otherwise i don't think the movie would have moved along anywhere yeah well and it's so jennifer lopez focused that i think you Mm -hmm. needed a few characters to help move it along just just take a couple minutes of screen time every now and then just to make things fun yeah break it up now are we on to the what should have been? What should have been? What do you have? Okay, so my what should have been is Jerry Siegel. So he's Chris Marshall, um, campaign, campaign manager. manager. He should have ended up with Emily Blunt's character from Devil oh. Wears Prada, named Emily. <laughs> oh, because she's the assistant. Okay, but here's the thing: I didn't realize this until after I had decided that they would be a really good pair. Is that? He's actually in Devil Wears Prada. What? Yes. I haven't watched that movie in so long. Okay, so he's an assistant to uh, Miranda <gasps> Priestly's <laughs> Meryl Streep. Wait, wait, hold on. You're telling me that Stanley Tucci, 
plays a side character in this other movie. <laughs> yes. What? Yes. Okay. So I was like, oh my god. Honestly, like Jerry Siegel, he's going to be perfect with Emily Blunt's character in Devil Wears Prada. Emily, oddly enough named. Yeah. They're going to be perfect together. And then I looked on the cast list and I was like, oh he's my there. God, he's there as one of the assistants in the movie. I was like, come on. I mean, obviously he plays very different characters in both movies, but I'm still sticking with it. When you first said he should end up with Emily Blunt. Yeah. Just because I'm so into uh, A Quiet Place 2, it's okay. been delayed. That I thought you were gonna say that character. No, like, oh, that's horrible. I've never seen it. It's too scary. Yeah, it's too. It's horrible. <laughs> it's, well, no, it's a great movie, but yeah, no, it's that would be very, very intense. Um, my what should have been Caroline Lane. So she's stuck up, divorced, uncomfortably desperate. She's rich. British lady, rich. She should be with. Do you remember Liam Hemsworth's character in Isn't It Romantic? Yes, because his that's whole really deal, good. His whole deal was like, I'm rich. We're going to spend the rest of our lives in lavish mansions, hotels around the world. <laughs> you won't have a job because you won't need a job because you have me and I'm rich. Rebel Wilson's character in that movie didn't like the whole, so I'm just going to be like a trophy wife yeah. for the rest of my life. She didn't like that. I think Carolyn Lane would love it. I think you're right. I think she would be so down for that. Yeah. And Liam Hemsworth is gorgeous. He is. He really is. Wow, so you like that what should have been. Normally you crap all over my what should have been. No, I like it. I like it. <laughs> I still think Julia Roberts and Gordon Ramsay should be together anyways. Nah. Thirst Factor. Okay, well, it's J-Lo. Hello. Well, d- hello. Yeah, that's... <laughs> That's easy. I mean, I kind of mentioned that. I kind of mentioned that when when this movie came out, she was really reaching the upper echelon of everything: yeah. music, acting. She's as close to a ten out of ten as you can get. I'd agree. I'm gonna drop her down a point five just because. I was gonna I, say nine point five. Yeah, nine point five, just because. I never really felt like she was totally into Chris Marshall until. Yeah. They were the having end. sex. Well, yeah. really, until the sex scene happened, which was almost at the end anyway. Yeah, it was very close to the yeah. end. Which, shout out to um, the director for how hilariously cliche that was. Because it's like they kiss in like a random, like nobody's in this courtyard (laughs) for whatever. It's outside the Met Gala. How is nobody around? They kiss in this courtyard. It pans out to like the sky. The next thing we see is him touching (laughs) her face and lips. It was so cheesy. And the, yeah, and it's so. And cheesy. they're in his bedroom. And they're in his bedroom. Yeah. How did this happen so yeah. fast? They got there so quickly. It's difficult getting a girl <laughs> back to your place, and I feel like no rom com ever acknowledges it. Like you wait at least five to ten minutes for an Uber or a cab. Then there's at least like a fifteen minute cab ride. <laughs> it's all mostly uncomfortable. But, but he's rich. And he no, probably has a driver. Ri- oh, that's right. He'd have a driver. Uh, oh yeah. shit! Yeah. They probably took a limo too. The that's, gala. That's a good point. Mm-hmm. Well, he did, and he yes. just got it to pick them up. Yeah. Yeah. Thirst factor on him. I have I have a few things to say about him. Oh, I like him. I liked him. I'd say like uh 7.5. Oh, 7.5 isn't that great. It's like average. You'd call him okay, average. Okay, so average. For like a rom-com act. Yeah. It's yeah. pretty average. Okay, because I think, I think his confidence is a lot more attractive <laughs> than, yep. his, than his face and body. No offense. I would agree. Okay. Yeah, I think he wins on the directness of I'm going to tell you how I feel. He's that's a good just actor. The way I am. Oh my god, he's a great actor mm-hmm. because he's British and he's pulling off <laughs> that's the <why>. American <laughs> accent. Although sometimes he does kind of have like a nasally dad voice. There's one time where like I think somebody <laughs> knocks on the door. He's like, "I'm coming." And I'm like, "Wow, he sounds so like a dad, dad there." 
<laughs> but then I'm like, ah, he's a British actor. I'll cut him some slack, you know? So yeah, I'd, I'd give him a seven. I'd give him a, a six on the looks, an eight on the personality. Okay. Um, overall rating on the movie. Uh, this is a movie that, like, I'm I'm not gonna run to rewatch it again, but I'm glad we rewatched it, and yeah. I feel like it's so different than a lot of other rom coms, and I feel like I forget that. Mm-hmm. Like, I forget that it's it's really a J Lo movie. J Lo is the star of this movie, and even uh, Chris Marshall, Ty. Carolyn Lane, all these other people, they are really all side characters, even the love interest. It's all about her, and I kind of like that. It's a little bit refreshing. Mm -hmm, I would agree. Yeah, I'd give it like an 8.5 rewatchability. Okay, I'd give it an 8. Ooh. Ooh. We'll settle for an 8.25 then. (laughs) Sounds good. (laughs) Okay, well, this has been the Rom-Com Rewind podcast of Made in Manhattan. Check us out on Apple. We're on iTunes now as well. Spotify, give us a follow. Uh, We've got a lot of fun conversations going on on our Instagram at Rewind. And yeah, join us. Thanks for listening.